Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Well, welcome back, everybody. Today, we're going to kind of continue on the whole nicotine trail we started a month ago, maybe. You said today. It's today. Today. Yes. Although, really, people are going to listen to this on Tuesday. Get it? Yes. <laughs> so today, today is actually, uh, of course, the vaping and the e-cigarette talk. Uh, something that's been around for a while at least since uh, about 2007. 2007. So I, you know, I think all of us, when it kind of showed up, kind of went, what? Why would we find a different way to inhale something? They thought it was cleaner. So really what vaping actually is, is just inhaling and exhaling an aerosol. So it's this vapor. So I think people just think it's safer because it's like a liquid rather than a bunch of smashed together black particles that what looks like the inside of a cigarette maybe yeah heated up with some lithium battery seems like a good idea <laughs> but it's not so <laughs> and this is the end of this podcast i'm yep. just kidding so don't do it and thanks for <laughs> for coming today no so yeah. the contents of this are really um interesting and I, I think the part of it that really i find most interesting is that the e-liquid is a lot of times this propylene glycol and you know where I'm familiar with propylene glycol? Antifreeze. It's a type of antifreeze that's actually I use in my outdoor wood boiler. It circulates through the wood boiler, comes into my home, and my furnace kicks out heat from that. I don't know if you should be saying that to the public. They're going to start digging out your pipes. I'm just yeah. kidding. So that's what we use it for because it's non-toxic and if it spills. Well, let me say this. I'm using the print, the uh, quotations, non-toxic. <laughs> it's, it's not supposed to be sucked into your lungs, but well, as far as uh, the environment, apparently it's less toxic than some of the other stuff. Right. To the ground. There you go. So, so basically what they mix in with this either propylene glycol or vegetable glycerin um, has nicotine flavoring and other chemicals, but because there's not official tobacco, but... Well, if there's no tobacco, it must be safe. Exactly. So it's, they call these a closed system device, you know, kind of this, Some of them. Yeah, some of them, the kind of a self-contained e-liquid, you know, not really meant for modification. And, of course, this is kind of what Juul, J-U-U-L. Everybody uh, knows what Juul is. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't think everybody did, but <laughs> it's these little cartridges slash pods. And there's other types that are considered open system devices. Those are a little different. So that's where you can add... This is where you can like go buy your own liquid that you put into there, or this is where cannabinoids people start to to vape, you know, their marijuana instead of smoke it, and you can add it in different you know combinations and mix and match, and um, and so, you yeah. can actually get nicotine e liquids, which sound like they wouldn't be toxic at all. <laughs> I'm just it's just interesting to me. I love the names. I mean, it's it does they they had really good marketing people. Oh yeah. Uh, but they do say that there's lower concentration of toxic substances per puff than a conventional cigarette. So this is how they're safe, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're gonna run through some articles that really kind of explain why they aren't so safe, which is clearly what we've been getting at this whole time with our really tacky sarcasm. 
Oh, I'm not sarcastic. The first one was actually in JAMA. JAMA? JAMA, JAMA, pajama. And uh, it was a cross-sectional analysis of basically what was going on in schools. And they actually took 19,000-plus kids, age 6th grade. I can't imagine that 6th graders doing this. But 6th to 12th grade in 2019 uh, during this National Youth Tobacco Survey. And that went on from February 2019 to, it looks like, May. 2019. Yes. And so the different outcomes that they looked at, they, you know, they did it, it just the survey self-reported on um, whether they were using current. So in the last 30 days, um, vaping products or e-cigarettes in high school, middle school, middle student, middle school students, frequent use, meaning they've used it greater than 20 days in the past 30 days. So, you know, more days than not what brands they're typically using as well as the flavors and types, um, and whether the pay, the people were just exclusive e-cigarette users or whether they were smoking cigarettes as well. Yeah, and they had a lot of data from this that came out of there. And when they looked at the number of people in high school using this, uh, the mean age actually was about 16.1 years. That's actually pretty exact. It wasn't approximately. And uh, about half were female, half male. Mm-hmm. And if Middle you look, schoolers. Yeah, um, different. Well, yeah, I mean, you'd expect them to be younger. Um, average age 12.7 and also again half female so pretty yeah, pretty even across the board so out of all of them current e-cigarette use so in high school students in 2019 in this sample about 27 and a half percent were using current e-cigarettes so this was just like at any time this was not frequent and then 10 and a half percent of middle school students um, had used them wow so yeah it's a common thing. Frequent e-cigs. I mean, you're looking at high. You let, did you already look at the high school? Well, no, I, I. The current e-cig was like, are you currently doing it? Correct. And then out of the people who were currently doing it, how many were doing it frequently? So, about 34 percent of high school students used it greater than 20 days out of the month, but 18 percent of middle school, middle school students who did vape did it more than 20 days out of the month. Yeah. And do these people use it exclusively? Well. Most of them, mm-hmm. roughly about 63 to 65% of both groups exclusively are using these e-cigs. Yeah. You know, a little over half uh, all primarily use Juul, about, you know, 10 to 15% didn't really have a usual brand. Um, but ultimately, they like the flavors. Yeah. It's all about the flavor. Uh, almost three quarters of the high school students used flavored. I'm thinking a little chocolate you know, they have lots of flavors. I've never looked. I have, I have no idea. Not, I have not either. Luckily, the study told us um, the most um, requested or most d- desired flavor is the fruity flavors. Probably go with mango. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> mango lungs. Um, I wonder what if the different flavors, if you use them, what they cause the lungs to look like. Like my daughter was looking at slides with me the other day. And I don't know why, but they showed like a healthy lung and then smoking lungs. You know, everybody knows what those look like, the pink lungs or the black lungs. And she's like, why are they black? I'm like, that's what happens when you smoke. Mm. Gross. So I wonder if you vape and you're doing different flavors, if they're different colors. So I think in Minnesota, if you came up with one that was meat flavored, uh, you'd win. Gross. Like, venison flavor. <laughs> <laughs> we got a venison flavored jewel. Gross. So fruity is still the most common, followed by menthol mint, and then where you would fall on this, Kurt, candy, desserts, and sweets. Uh, how about smoky raccoon? <laughs> Never mind. Roadkill. Yeah. Okay, keep moving. So if you extrapolated this data nationally rather than just looking at this 
you know, cross-sectional survey, this would be roughly 4.1 million high school students and 1.2 million middle middle school students um, that are using it. And overall, 1.6 million youth with frequent, so greater than two-thirds of the month use of e-cigarettes. I mean, that's a lot of kids. Yeah, and really, if you look what's happened just over the years, even from 2011 to 2015, it's gone from 1.5% uh, people using it to 16%. Of high schoolers. Yeah, high schoolers. I mean, it's really jumped during that time. And, of course, in the last seven years, it's gone even much higher. Uh, that was an older study. And back then, uh, the U.S. Surgeon General had said that this is a epidemic uh, of e-cigarette youth use. Right. So it's like all these epidemics and pandemics. Anyway, what they've also noticed, though, during the same time is if you look at 2019, cigarette smoking is actually at historic lows. And this is probably, again, that whole, what do you think is, that's the whole thing. If you don't think it's as harmful, you're more likely to do it. If you understand the harms, you're less likely to do it. And so, which is, I guess, good that cigarettes had our all-time lows, but still not so good. Um but I think another reason why it's it's so popular is, you know, this perceived non-harm. But also they're small, they're discreet. I mean, jump drives, pens, like people can hide them in anything. Um, they actually do have higher nicotine content. So even though each puff might have less, overall in the product you have more. And then, of course, <gasps> these amazing flavors. So, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think, uh, again, I won't belabor the meat flavored, but I think one of the things that uh, – if you look at, you think about people that are smoking and they come home and if their family don't smoke, well, they're going to smell that. If their family don't smoke. If the family don't <laughs> smoke. Yeah, but if no one in their family smokes and they come home and they they don't smell like anything with e-cigarettes or no. maybe a little mango, or, but that's you know, about it. Mint and menthol has kind of gone up in the popularity and we'll get to that and why, but you come home smelling minty, did you just have some gum? or A mento. A mento? Yeah. So it's the mentos now having all those questions that we were just looking at today. So do you prefer e-cigarettes or cigarettes? Just kidding. So, <laughs> so back to JAMA. JAMA. So adolescent nicotine use effects obviously are many. And I think we talked about that with regular cigarettes, the learning, the memory, the attention. And again, it's that whole, are these a group of people that are going to have increased risk of future drug use, other types of things, marijuana, and then move on. So I think, I think that's really what what's going to come. And so when you look at what they're they're made out of and the different type of nicotine salt products, so things like the Juul, um, again, there's increased levels of nicotine actually causes easier dependence because it doesn't have as many irritants in it. Um, and so it, what they call freebase, which is just so weird to refer to nicotine as a salt and a freebase like cocaine, but... Um, it actually causes or easier dependence. You get dependent on these sooner, which I think, again, the youth just doesn't see it that way. Yeah, they talked a little bit about in that article as well about how people transition uh, frequently when they're younger going to the fruit-flavored things and then later on going to that menthol and the mint. And, of course, cigarettes come as a menthol. And so is is that also going to be a Well, I think when the switch? Surgeon General made this an epidemic and limited the fruity flavors. Mm-hmm. And we just switched over. Yeah, no more, no more mango. So, <laughs> lots like of pina colada flavor. Yeah, and there's lots of different articles that you can look at, uh, get the youth trends and and different things with vaping. So, 
uh, Journal of Pediatric Healthcare actually came out with a little something. Uh, the National Association of Pediatric Nurse Practitioners uh, were involved with that. But this is really looking at that whole, do you just vape or do you use cigarettes as well? And what they have found is that 80% of high schoolers use both cigarettes, nicotine products, as well as vaping, whereas only 61% of middle schoolers use both. And so it's definitely a trend. I know that I had a patient recently who told me that really walking around the school that they felt more than half of their classmates were using those. And they felt that because they could quick pop them out of their pocket and quick take a vape and there was no real significant smell or problem, that it was so easy that everybody everybody was doing it. Well, and if you think about it, like if you're going to have a cigarette, you have to like light it and you can't obviously do that in the middle of your school, but you can quick take a puff on a vape and then it's not like it's going to burn out. You have to put it out. It just, you shut the little battery off. But the one big thing is that pe- that people thought that e-cigarettes would actually discourage use from smoking cigarettes. And this was actually on our addiction boards, this question. And what the studies have actually showed is that e-cigarettes use does not discourage but actually encourages cigarette use and may be a gateway to nicotine addiction. I must have got that wrong. I think you did. And No, I didn't. Uh, so the adolescent brain... <laughs> of course, exhibits kind of this greater reward effects from nicotine. I think that's one of the big problems is when you compare the adult brain and the child brain. So youth are obviously much more susceptible to this kind of lifelong battle with addiction if they start young. And this is up till, when we say youth, it's like till 25, till that whole brain development happens, which of course no 18-year-old or 19-year-old or 21-year-old wants to not be considered an adult. But I'm I'm pretty sure I was totally matured at about 14 brain-wise. Plus 40. So <laughs> so different trends in history. So the Tobacco Control Act of 2008 and attempted to regulate um, tobacco and all of that and actually came up with vaping and saying that this could actually be a t- tobacco cessation product. And I remember that. Um, I was in residency when that happened. No, I hadn't yet graduated med school. I was in med school when that happened. And when e-cigarettes came out, they people thought, well, I'm using this to stop smoking. And basically in 2010, so just two years later, um, basically it cannot be regulated as a product for as a drug cessation yeah has to be sold as a tobacco product there you go that's disturbing anyway so back to jama let's move on to the valley evali i love that word i mean it's awful but so really this was done in 10 uh basically in 2019 and in 49 states there were greater than 1600 cases of people that had some reaction which and develop severe pulmonary disease related to vaping. I mean, that's a lot of people. And 34 deaths. So what Evoli, if you ever hear about it, it means it stands for e-cigarette or vaping associated lung injury. Kind of cool. Anyway, so what they found is that 84% of the 53 cases of Evoli in three of the studies. So if you're looking at all these different studies, most of them, the people who got these severe lung injury involved THC. And what it did is created this like fatty pneumonia as well as this chemical pneumonitis. So not like a bacterial pneumonia where you can throw some antibiotics at it, but actually this, I mean, I always think about like acid dropping on stuff and it just bubbles up. That's kind of like what happens in the lungs. You know, it's funny because I had an elderly gentleman who got some of the THC for vaping and he had a history of mental illness and he interestingly had 
kind of a psychotic break associated with this. And it's probably the one thing they're not mentioning really is that often these THC levels in these vaping liquids are super high. Mm-hmm. And he was using that instead of smoking weed, which he had done for quite some time, and the wheels came off the bicycle. So, yeah, it, you got to be careful there as well, understanding that the levels of THC in those are much, much higher one, often. Which is even more scary because just the levels in basic marijuana products has gone up so high, and then you bring it to another level. Where it's concentrated. And then you warm it up and need more than even anyway. So what did the CDC say about all these uh, lung injuries related to vaping? And of course, this was right around that same time, October of 2019, basically avoid vaping THC products, especially. Yeah. And, and that whole avoid modified or street bought products. And again, in my patient's case, uh, these were probably black market uh, from California. So he had no idea. They weren't really made by a group that you could probably trust (laughs) somebody downtown mixing this stuff up in their basement. Well, exactly. I mean, and, and then obviously just consider refraining from all cigarette, e-cigarette vaping products and use other FDA approved nicotine bling placement for cessation. And we will get to that. We will do. I thought they were going to say, Hey, you should just use regular cigarettes from the CDC. Yeah, <laughs> stop vaping, go back to cigarettes. We think they're safer. We think cigarettes are safer. No, but they're not. We'll get to that in an upcoming podcast at some point. We'll talk about treatment and getting people off of the products. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, uh, you should really monitor these people long-term for their pulmonary status if they continue to use. Well, and I think it's just... Even in general, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but yep. it's still a, a new enough thing, e-cigarettes are. I mean, 2007 to now, that's not that old. So who knows what the long-term ramifications are? It's kind of like COVID. We don't really know what's going to happen in 20 years related to COVID now. Yeah. So it's and, really important. And I think it's important to remember that smoking, as we mentioned during the smoking podcast, is still the leading cause of preventable preventable death. Easy for me to say. This is why I keep interrupting you. I'm trying to help you. Uh, So despite uh, decreases in use, and again, we talked about how, especially in certain groups, there's less less tobacco use because more vaping use, but still leading cause of preventable death. So you need to ask people about it. And I think I was stunned by one of the high school students that said that more than half of his friends were using it. So I think we need to be asking all the time. I've noticed, you know, with having the telehealth now, you can hear the nurses rooming the patients because it's, you know, they're sitting right there. And to really ask separately, you know, do you smoke? You know, do you vape? And I hear them asking that a lot now because sometimes people will slide by because you don't specifically ask about vaping. Yeah. So, yeah. And then actually when we gave this talk, we had a very nice article on somebody who was quite young who after just two months of vaping ended up in the hospital on a ventilator fighting for his life. Yeah, and this and was it shows like a him. huge ulcer athlete. Yeah, and he's uh, it shows him sitting on his bed with oxygen. That doesn't seem like a good outcome. No. So yeah. these Keep things are serious. All right. So with that, happy that's, now. Wait a minute. No, that's the end of our vaping for the day. So yeah. again, at some point, the NRT. Uh, yes, at some point. Yeah, we'll do the nicotine replacement therapy talk at a different time. So thanks, everyone. And we'll let Battle Legs take over. Mm-hmm.